Good morning, everyone. How are you today? It's good to see you all here. I'm so glad I get to be back up here today, even though the whole of the family is back, and we're glad to see them. Although I'm sure they're not quite as thrilled to be back since they were in like 85 degree weather last week, and now they come back to three to five inches of snow out there. Um, but we still are very grateful that they're back and that we get to worship with them today. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the enemy's been attacking a little bit this week. Um, so maybe that means this sermon's going to be really awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I do know that I can always use some prayer, so I'm just going to start with that. Father God and Holy Spirit, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your presence with us here today. God, we just love you. Father, you're just amazing and wonderful. We thank you for who you are. Would you just come be with us this morning? You're already here, but we just ask for more of you, Lord. Would you allow your presence to just flow? Would you just come be with me as I share your word today, Lord? Would you just speak through me and touch hearts as you see fit, Lord? Amen. Well, this week we are going to continue on with what I started last week, which was on time, talent, and treasure, right? Um, so I spoke a little bit on time last week, and then I really kind of honed in on talent. Um, but there's still some things left that I want to talk about. So I've got a little more scripture for you, and we're going to continue to talk about the time, the talent, and the treasure. But we're going to focus in more on our treasure. And I know sometimes that can... Um, maybe freak people out a little bit because they're like, oh, she's going to talk about money. Oh, she wants our money. That's not what this is about. It is, but it isn't. Um, you know, the Bible talks about money all over the place. It's one of the biggest topics that Jesus talked about um, in the Bible. So I feel like if he can talk about it, we should be able to talk about it. It's not such a taboo subject. I actually love talking about money because God has taught me so much about it throughout my journey in my life and as a Christian, so I'm actually excited about it. But what I was getting at last week is that God invested in us. He invested in you. And um, I think it's kind of funny. Have you ever heard somebody say um, that um, they've told God that he can have it all, right? Like they've had this experience with God and they've said, God, you can have it all. Um, I kind of chuckle when I hear that, and I get it, right? They're saying that they're surrendering everything to him, and they're giving up what's really their perceived control. It is a good thing. Everything should be surrendered to God. However, none of us really have control over anything in this world other than our own choices that we make. So it's just funny to me that it's all God's anyway. So we're saying, God, you can have it all, but at the end of the day, it's God's anyway. It's like somebody borrowing your car and then saying to you, hey, you can have your car back. It's like, well, gee, um, thanks a lot, but it's my car. You know, I kind of wonder if God thinks that way, like, um, thanks, but this is all mine anyway, so thanks for giving it back to me. I think he understands what we're getting at, but, you know, it's just kind of funny sometimes that we... We think we're doing this great favor to God by saying you can have it all when he's like, it's mine anyway. Um, 
just a little thought that I had. We're going to start today, and we're going to be jumping around a lot, so if you want to pull your Bibles out, great, but I'm sure we will also have the scripture up on the screen. We're going to start today in Psalm 24.1, and it says this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything you and I have is only because God gave it to us. God breathed life into us. He allowed us to be on this planet. Which, by the way, isn't it amazing that we cannot find one planet that has a bush, a tree, a river, a river, or even a bucket full of water anywhere in the universe? Like, okay, now there may be some place out there uh, in the universe that has that because the universe is really big and we haven't explored it all, and God is pretty big, so he, he could have something out there. But the point is that, obviously, God put us in a perfect place, in a unique place, and in a special place. And there's just nothing like where we're at right now. I heard someone say the other day, I was listening, I don't know, to a podcast or a sermon or something, and I heard someone say the other day that it would be easier to live in Antarctica than to live on Mars. Do you know where Antarctica is? It is freezing cold there. Um, But even that would be easier to live in than Mars. God created this world, put you and I here, and all that we have is his. We are to honor him for what he's given us. We are to respond to him for what he's given us. We are to worship him for what he's given us. And we do that with all three of the things that we've been talking about that God has invested in us, our time, our talent, and our treasure. So who remembers? What does our time represent? Anybody want to shout it out? Opportunities. Opportunities. Good job. Gold star, James. Um, Yes, opportunities. Time is our place and our space. Time is the chance to breathe and to live. God has given opportunities to us to spend time with him, growing closer to him, getting to know him better, getting to know his plan for our lives. He's also given us opportunities to love others and to build his kingdom. Both of these things are done out of desire and with intentionality. It doesn't just happen. We don't just give God our leftover time because there's no such thing. Time can't be saved. It can only be spent. And when I wrote that, I was like, ooh, God, that is good. Time can't be saved. It can only be spent. And it's how we spend it that counts, right? And what does our treasure represent? Who remembers, or I'm sorry, our talent. What does our talent represent? Who remembers that? Abilities, right. Things you're good at, things you can learn to do. These are the skills and abilities that God has gifted you and I with, both in the physical and in the spiritual realm. So some are natural gifts that you were born with, and some are gifts that you have learned. And we, and we also learned that from conception... The enemy has been scheming to kill and destroy us with his lies 
and that we have to listen and believe what God says about us, right? And we have to face our fear, and we have to do it anyway, believing that God is for us and not against us, because God is on our side. That's what we learned about our talents. And so now we come to our treasure. And what did I tell you that treasure represents? Does anybody remember that? It's our resources. Our world is full of resources, and we have so many resources at our disposal. They're all different because we're all unique. And I talked about how all of these things are about building the kingdom of God, right? But building anything, especially building a kingdom, is going to require us to use our resources. It needs resources to grow. So obviously, our money and our possessions are a big part of this. And of course, we're also going to need to use our time and our abilities as resources to make this whole thing come together. So first and foremost, though, it's important that we recognize God first in our life. And we've already discussed this a little bit with our time. The same is true with our treasure and our money. The tithe is 10% of all we have. So every week, or every other week, or every month, whatever you decided to do, we offer to God 10% of our time, our talent, and our treasure. And some people might say, God doesn't need my money. And you're right. God doesn't need your money. But what is money? What is this? It's a piece of paper. But it's more than a piece of paper. It's a unit of value. It's a unit of worth. It means something, right? In this case, it means five units of worth. It's a $5 bill. I had to earn this. I had to put time and effort and work into getting this. And so the worth that I, invest, that I invested is now contained in this $5 bill. It's sort of condensed. It's kind of like a unit of blood. It's part of my life I'm never getting back. I spent time earning it, and now I have it right here. Okay, in a sense, money is an extension of us. It's a part of life that we put in, that we poured out to get this, and that we can never get back. So our money represents our time, and our money represents our talent, and our money represents the treasure in our life. So it's not just monetary value. It's a piece of us that re represents all of who we are. And I don't know if you've ever thought about money like that before, but it is more than just a piece of paper. Now, when I support someone, we're going to take my children for example, it's not just the monetary value. So sure, James and I have put a roof over their head. Um, when they were younger, we paid for their food and their clothes. <clears throat> but it's also about love. It's about care. It's the time that we took to invest in them and to raise them and to invest in their everyday lives. When we support the work of the kingdom of God, it starts adding up. 
we start having an impact on the lives around us and in this world. And that's our time, that's our talent, that's our treasure. Changing lives here and around the world by giving in all of these areas. We can't pick and choose which of these we're gonna use and which of these we're gonna give. It's a package deal. So now we're gonna take a look at Matthew 6, 33. And I'm gonna actually read this out of the ESV version. Because time in God's eyes is the first part of what we're gonna talk about. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What Jesus is giving here giving us here is a mindset, and it's a lifestyle. He's saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things are going to take care of themselves. Make the highest priority of your life the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these other things are going to be added to you. Make God your highest priority, not our survival, not our money, not our possessions. Make God. Hang on to the rule and reign of God, the kingdom of God. Make that our highest priority, and everything else will take care of itself. So he also uses this word righteousness. It's the kingdom and righteousness. Now, I read somewhere this week that the Hebrew concept of righteousness is right-relatedness. And what Jesus is saying here is make it the, the highest priority of your life to live under the reign and rule of God. If you're living under the reign and rule of God, that means you're submitted to him in all of your relationships. So we want to be practicing right relationships with God, with ourselves, with others, with our possessions, right relatedness with our finances. And because he's given us dominion over the earth, which we talked about last week, we even want right relatedness to the earth and to the animal kingdom. That's all stuff that's been entrusted to us. So we want to cultivate God's idea of what those relationships should be. But again, the first and most important relationship to, get, to really get down is that God is to have the highest priority. We seek first his kingdom, his rule, and his reign. Then we organize everything else in our life accordingly according to his will, according to his priorities and his values, according to what he thinks about things. And the promise of Jesus is that as we do that, all these other things, we don't have to worry or chase after them, they're gonna take care of themselves. We won't have to be anxious, we won't have to be nervous. We can relax in the sufficiency of God as we live under his rule and reign practicing right relationships. Let's take a look at Proverbs 3.9. <clears throat> and we looked at this a little bit last week. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Proverbs says, honor the Lord with your first fruits. So it's the first 
that's important. Now, I don't know if you remember much about Abraham, but Abraham lived long before the, the law was written. And Abraham recognized that God was the owner, the possessor of heaven and earth. So if we look at Genesis 14, 22, it says this, but Abram said to Sodom, to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath. In other words, he knew God was his landlord. He was simply leasing from God. He was here temporarily under God's supervision and provision. So Abraham gave a tithe because he knew God. He recognized God. He honored God. Tithing is giving God that first part of our time, our talent, and our treasure. And the Bible specifies 10%. The word tithe literally means 10%. But I think it's more important that we focus on the aspect that it's the first. Now, when I get home from work every day, my first priority when I walk in the door besides taking my coat off and putting my purse down, is to find James and give him a hug. Now, if I said to you that my priority when I got home was to sit on the couch and turn on the TV, or was to open up my laptop and start working again, I have a feeling some of you would say, you have a problem, Brenda. There's something really wrong with that. You need marriage counseling. Now, why would you say that? Because my priorities are messed up. My first is messed up. When you're married and you've been away, whether it's for a work day or whether it's for several days, your first thought is to go and hug your spouse, to reconnect and to share what's been happening in your day. That's first and that's important because after God, James is the first thing in my life. When our priorities are off, things break down. That's what happens to many Christians. They say, I love Jesus, I believe in God, but they don't give him the first of their time, their talent, and their treasure. And so the relationship breaks down. We're going to look at Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I, might, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. When we bring our tithe, the Bible says God opens to us the windows of heaven and pours out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to contain it. In other words, our life gets larger. We won't have less when we honor God. We won't get smaller when we put God first. We will not find ourselves going down when we keep our priorities with God right. We'll find our life going up. Now, I'm going to make a brief caveat here. 
We are not talking about prosperity theology. Okay, God is not a God that is quid pro quo. Okay, he doesn't give us something only when we do something for him. That is not how God works. But he's not going to make us millionaires just because we're giving to him, okay? That's also not how he works. But what he has already done is he has already entrusted us with our gifts, with our time, with our treasure. He's already given us stuff. We've done nothing to earn it. Nothing. It's all his already, and he's already given it to us. But when he sees us using it wisely, when he sees us being obedient with us, with it, when he sees us taking risks with it, he's happy and willing to bless us with more because he knows we can handle it. And he loves to bless his children. He wants to bless us. So while it's not a prosperity theology, while it's not do something for me and get more, when God sees us using it correctly, when God sees us being obedient to him, he absolutely wants to throw open those doors of heaven and give us more. That's what I'm getting at here. Here's what I know to be true about this in my own life. It's easy to say, I don't have enough money to tithe. My money needs to only take care of me and my family. I know that this is hard. I know that this can be scary. However, I also know that when I choose to give my tithe before anything else, before paying any of my bills, before spending it on a latte from Starbucks, before buying gas for my car, I find that there is always enough. Now look, I'm gonna be honest here. James and I struggled with money for a very long time. We have both worked two jobs most of our marriage. At one point, we were over $35,000 in debt, not including our mortgage. Tithing was difficult. We had three little kids. I was a stay-at-home mom for part of that. When we tried to pay our bills and then tithe, there was never enough money to do it. But when we decided to get serious about getting into right relationship with God and with right relationship with our money, something shifted. We committed to pay our tithe every single week and to pay it first. And I'm not gonna lie, it was difficult. Writing that check for even just 50 or 60 or $70 was not easy. There were weeks that I would hold my breath and say a prayer as I wrote that check. And then the plate would come around and I would hold my breath and say a prayer again as I put it in the offering plate. God forbid that that check would bounce or that we wouldn't be able to feed our kids that week. Some weeks were really scary and some weeks by the end of the week, I was looking at my checkbook every single day making sure that it didn't go to negative, okay? Some weeks we had just a few dollars left in our account if we were lucky. And some weeks we had to push a bill to the next week to pay it, I'll be honest. And I don't like paying things late. I am very anal about my money now. <laughs> I'll be honest about that. But we did what we had to do because we made a choice to put God first, to put our money first, and to trust God with it. Now here's the crazy thing about that. There were so many weeks when there should be no way that we could have survived that week. We should have bounced checks. We should have not had money for groceries. But God came through for us. One of us would get offered extra hours at our second job, 
or maybe we would get an unexpected refund or a check in the mail or an unexpected gift or somebody would offer to take us out to eat or we would find groceries on our, our doorstep or a fruit basket with a $200 check in it. You guys, the gifts that, we, that were unexpected and unbelievable, the things people did for us that we had no understanding of or belief would happen when we put that tithe check in. I, couldn't, I can tell you so many stories. I'm, like I'm getting chills just thinking about how God provided for us in all the different ways because we were faithful and we just took what was already God's and handed it back to him. Sometimes it was just even the fact that the dates lined up on the calendar perfectly. So the one bill that I wasn't going to pay that week, it was okay because it actually fell on the next week. It's a, it was just amazing. So what I'm saying here is I have never once in all my years as a Christian, in all my years of tithing, ever regretted giving my money to God or to the church or to anything else that God asked me to give to. He always supplied for our needs. He always took care of us. He always came through. And many times, he came through in ways that I would never have imagined or believed possible. Now, I know that we've been talking specifically about money right now. But I also want to talk to you about some of our other resources. I've had several friends throughout my life that I have looked up to and admired so much because they are such amazing and generous givers. And they've made me want to be a generous giver. In fact, over the years, they've inspired me to actually pray and ask God to give me the resources to be able to give more and to give generously. And you would think that it would be easier to give more when you get more, right? People think that, like, well, I don't have the money right now, but when I make more money, I'll give more away. That sounds really good in theory. Okay, but I'll tell you something. Um, it can be really difficult. When we had little money and little to give away, it felt like we could find ways to give it away. It was just easier. And the more you make, it's, it just seems more difficult. So I'm going to just give you an example. Let's say you have $100 a week, and you give $10. Like $10 out of 100 it just doesn't really feel like that much. It's like, yeah, 10 bucks, that's what, like a Starbucks drink or something, or maybe a meal at McDonald's. It doesn't feel like that much to give away. It's 10 bucks. Out of 100, you still have $90. But if you make $1,000 a week and you have to give 100 of it away, suddenly you're like, ooh, that's $100. I don't know. I could use $100 for a lot of stuff. It just seems harder to give away $100 than it does to give away $10, doesn't it? I'm just telling you, it's not always about how much money you make, guys. Sometimes it's just about having the attitude of being willing to let it go, willing to give back to God what is God's. And you know that there are some people who are actually gifted to give. So I'm going to read you a scripture about this because some of you in the service today, some of you that are watching online, you are gifted to give. It's a talent that God has put in your life. So we're going to look at Romans 12, 6 through 8. says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is, if it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. 
If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So Paul, is, he's listing different gifts throughout these verses. Gifts like mercy and gifts of prophecy and gifts of serving and gifts of teaching. Then he says the gift of giving. And if you have that gift, do it liberally. And what is liberally? That means freely. That means without strings attached, without pride. People with this gift, if they give something, this is what they're thinking or saying in their head. I can do it because God gifted me to do it. God enabled me. God empowered me in this area. It might be a subconscious thought, but that's what's going on in their brain as they're giving. And besides our money, many of us have so many other resources we can use to give. I remember one time early on in our vineyard walk, I think we were still in the gym maybe, uh, there was a young couple in our church whose car broke down and it wasn't going to be able to be fixed for a month. I don't know if it was because it was just going to take that long or they didn't have the money or what. We found ourselves with an extra vehicle. We were able to loan that extra vehicle to that couple for an entire month. It didn't affect us. We had two vehicles. We could give them one to use. They were so appreciative and so blessed. I can't even tell you how much it meant to them for us to give them that car. We didn't charge them. We didn't ask them to do anything. Take our car and use it for a month. And they did, and then they gave it back. And while they were so blessed and excited that we were able to do that for them, I cannot tell you how much life that gave James and I to be able to help them. We weren't rich. We didn't have a whole lot of extra that we could do. But it just so happened that they had a need, and we were able to help meet that need because we had a resource available to us. And some of you know that I used to be one of those crazy super couponers. Um, I don't like to waste my money. If I can get something free or cheap, why am I going to hand over my, my hard-earned money to somebody and pay full price for it? That's not how I roll, even at restaurants to this day. I think I probably drive my family crazy about it, and probably some of my friends too, because I'll be like, they'll be like, where do you want to go out to lunch? Well, I have coupons for this place, this place, and this place. They're like, oh, you have coupons. Ugh. They just, they don't get it. But that's me. That's how I like to roll. Um, so I was a super crazy couponer, and I used to have what they call a stockpile in my basement or my friends and family would call it my grocery store. And they would come to my house, and they'd be like, hey, can I go shopping in your basement? Because I had a stockpile of stuff that I got for super cheap or free. And so friends and family would come into my basement and shop. Again, in this church, we had a college student that was, that was here. College students, notoriously poor. Came over, shopped from my basement. I felt this nudge, open your freezer. Let her shop from your freezer. Freezer stuff you can get sometimes cheap. It's not usually as cheap as the stuff that's in the stockpile. So I open my freezer. Take what you want out of my freezer. And I don't know if I was, I, I don't hide things on my face well, so I don't know if I was showing that I was anxious about that or not. She's like, are you sure? Are you sure I can take anything out of your freezer? So she's just piling stuff into her bag. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's fine. You take anything you want out of my freezer. But in my head, I was thinking, um, yeah, no, I really wanted that, so can you not take that out of my freezer? But that is not what I said to her. Um, and I didn't say that 
because A, I wanted to bless her. I wanted to have a generous heart. And maybe in that moment, I didn't feel super generous, but the only way you're gonna be generous is to practice being generous. But also, I wanted to bless her. I, I did, I wanted to bless her. And also, I knew God was telling me, give it to her. Let her have that. I'll give you more. And I did not want to live with the shame or the guilt that I would feel later by not giving that to her. You know, I don't even know what she took at this point. She could have taken a prime rib steak or something. I don't know what she took. But whatever it was, it doesn't matter. God replaced that. It was replaceable. I didn't need it. I can't even remember it now. Can you imagine the guilt and shame I would be feeling today had I said no over some pizza rolls? It doesn't make sense. It's not worth it. Have it. I would have been robbing herself of, her of a blessing and myself of a blessing and feeling guilt and shame over it. It's not worth it. I could go on and on and on with all of the resources that we all have. Some of us have leftover carpeting or flooring that somebody can use in their home to remodel. I remember growing up and we had to pull all the carpeting out of our house because we had some really terrible animals and it was disgusting. And a friend of ours was getting rid of carpeting and I remember her dad came to our house and laid carpeting in our house for us so that we would have carpeting and not have to have cold, hard tile floors. Yeah, I know that this church is working on remodeling. I know people have extra flooring they donated. I know people have extra paint. I know we have artists in this, in this church that could paint a landscape so that somebody could have decor on their bare walls. Some of us can tutor and teach children in math or reading or English. Maybe some of us just have extra time that we can sit and talk to somebody who needs company. Maybe you have the gift of encouragement. Maybe you can just write somebody a note or speak a kind word and speak a life into somebody. Those are all resources, you guys. It's not just about money. I once had a friend stop by the house and pick up four baskets of laundry, dirty laundry, by the way, from three boys, and take them home and wash them all, dry them all, fold them all, match all the socks, mind you, we have a lot of socks in our house, and then bring them back to me. Can you imagine this mama's heart when I had four clean baskets of clothes that all I had to do was put them away? It, it made my life for, for the week. I didn't have to worry about those. Maybe you like to clean and you know someone who needs help cleaning, keeping their home in order. There's so much, you guys, that we have access to that we can use to give and bless others with. So what do you have or who do you know that can help those around you in need? Maybe you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that can help fix a car. I don't know. All I know is not all about money. Money is important. Possessions are important. We need to use those to help build the kingdom and help other people. But that's not the only thing. I don't want to discourage people in this room or watching online that maybe really don't have any money. There is always a way to use the resources you have to help others and build the kingdom. It's about using the resources we have to build the kingdom of God. So believe it or not, there are also people in this world whose sole purpose, because they have this gift, is working so that they can give it all away. I can't imagine, but how awesome. That's why they want to grow their own business. That's why they want to 
help grow the company they work for. That's why they want to make the new sale. That's why they want to get the next contract. That's why they want to have that entrepreneurial spirit. Because when God breathed into them that time, talent, and treasure, it included, included in that was that gift of giving. And I really believe with all my heart that this is a gift that all of us have access to. As we grow that gift, wouldn't it be cool if we were those people, if we were that one person who said, hey, where's that next church plant going to be, Joe? Wouldn't it be cool if we said, how much is it going to cost? Wouldn't it be cool if we could just write a check and hand it to someone and say, here you go. Even if it's not buying a building or buying property, what if it was just, here's your money for groceries this week. Oh, you need a car? Let me go buy it for you. Oh, you just need gas? Let me go fill you up. That happens in the kingdom of God every day. That is happening right now. And that can happen in our life. Now, somebody out there might say, I can't believe that. Okay. You don't have it. It's not your gift. Someone else might say, I just want to be friends with someone who has that gift. Don't we all want to be friends with somebody who has that gift? <laughs> They're great people to have in your life. But it's about being where God has called you to be and doing what God has put in your life to do. So if that's your gift, run with it. Do you remember when we discussed last week about being made in the image of God and the very essence of God is self-sacrificing love and giving? He literally poured himself out on the cross as a sacrifice for us. He did that because he loves us and because he wants, us, he wants to bless us. Let's look at our last scripture for day, today, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. This is coming out of the new, the NLT. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. I think we'll find that we have the most contentment and feel the most fully alive when we, too, are being poured out in his image. And that's how God wants us to use the gifts that he's entrusted us with. Not just to use them and enjoy them, but always to be looking for how we can pour them out for the kingdom and how we can pour them out for others. Because our life, like his, is about give. So let me give you a few thoughts as we close. Let's thank the Father for all he's invested in our lives. We're not doing God a favor when we give our tithes. We're simply responding to all he's given and invested in our life. So every day, thank him for all he's invested in you. Ask Holy Spirit 
to deepen your commitment to the kingdom by putting God first. Get honest about where you're at right now and let Jesus do an audit of what you're doing with your opportunities. It's a tough one, guys. I'm not going to lie. Just imagine Jesus sitting down with you at the table and auditing what you're doing with your time, what you're doing with your talent, and what you're doing with your money. Imagine him going through your bank statement with you. Oh, I see you spent $5 at Starbucks. I see you spent 30 at McDonald's. It's not easy. It's not easy. But get honest and let him go through that with you. Pray and ask God if you need to be doing more in any of these areas and what that looks like in your life. Pray for and expect opportunities and open doors. God's giving you ways to increase those talents, abilities, and resources. God's giving you opportunities to expand your life. He wants to give you blessing. Pray for it and expect it. Release that thing that God has for you to create treasure in your life. Take the step. Take the risk. Use your talent. Put it out there. Say yes to the job opportunity. Apply for the promotion. Start the company. Be the entrepreneur. Don't hide your talent. Don't let your negative thoughts and your fears stop you and hold you back. Trust that God wants to bless what he's given you so you can take the risk. Remember, seasons change. Be ready to do new things. There are new opportunities coming. There are open doors. But if you're stuck in your old ways, the way it used to be, the way you've always done it, you're going to miss those open doors. So be ready. Seasons change. New things are coming. And lastly, thank God for increase and expect the joy of the Lord. I really do think that we live in a society where there's lots of self-medicating and depression because we're so focused on ourselves. There's lots of despair because people aren't using their talents and gifts that God has given them. They're not experiencing the joy of the Lord when they use what God put in their life because it's not about God, it's all about them. Give often, give freely, and give generously with your time, your talent, and your treasure. Take a minute, I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray about how we're giving, and I just want to pray that Jesus would be with us. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you have given us so much. We thank you because we know everything is yours, and you have invested it back into us. So we ask, Lord, that you would help us to rem remember that you have given us everything. You have entrusted everything to us. We ask, that, Lord, you would help us to put you first, make you a priority, and then take the risk to invest back into your kingdom, Lord, whatever that looks like, Lord, giving you more of our time, stepping out in the abilities you have given us, Lord, and listening for how you want us to use our resources, Lord, how much you want us to spend, Lord, and where you want us to spend it. 
And Lord, if there's anyone in this room who doesn't know you or anybody watching online who doesn't know you, we ask right now that you would make your presence known to them. We ask that you would reveal Thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for creating us and everything on this earth. And we just ask that your presence would just go with us throughout the rest of this week. So as you go, let's be those people this week that are going for it, that are living in the joy that God has for us in our time, our talent, and our treasure. Let's give generously and let's build God's kingdom for his glory. Amen? If you need prayer for anything today, if you need healing, if you need prayer for anything we talked about in the sermon, please come up and get prayer. We would love to pray for you. Otherwise, we pray you have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week.